You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, your coffee spots, or your favorite shops. Local businesses have been there on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is the fantastic Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at FFBallBlast. Kate, week three was a lot of fun. How are you doing today? I'm feeling so much better than I felt last week. I felt uh, dejected last week. I felt like I could never crawl out of the pits. But somehow my fantasy football teams have managed to climb from the rubble. Some of them, at least. And I, I won some games this week. So super excited. And we still have the awesome matchup ahead of us tonight on Monday Night Football. The Baltimore Ravens, Kansas City Chiefs. I'm so pumped. Yes. So speaking of winning uh, your games on Sunday, if you had Josh Allen on your team, you probably did pretty well. Uh, Josh Allen was fantastic in that game uh, for the most part, except for two unsportsmanlike penalty calls in the uh, in the fourth quarter to help uh, the Rams get back into that one. But uh, Kate, I think we should start here. Is Josh Allen for real? Uh, 311 yards yesterday, four passing touchdowns, uh, also added a rushing touchdown on the ground. Is he like, are we getting into the conversation where he should be like mentioned in the same breath as like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson Welcome as to a fantasy asset? Okay. I'm glad you finished that as a, as a fantasy asset. Cause I'm not quite ready to throw him into the pit with the Mahomeses and the Jacksons and uh, all of those just out of this realm quarterbacks uh, that we just think of in pure NFL terms. But I think we have to, uh, especially consider Josh Allen from a dynasty perspective. This is the third season of just legitimate QB one production that mm-hmm. we've seen from, from Josh Allen. He's not going away. And I think he's, he's just looked better and better every game. His decision-making uh, seems on point. I, I just thought this was going to be a tougher matchup for Allen. And he emerged pretty unscathed. He yeah. looked fantastic against uh, one of the tougher defenses that he's faced so far. The yeah. thing with Josh Allen coming up is the schedule gets even easier. I mean, we thought this Rams team was going to be, you know, a, a tough one from a fantasy day, but um, it gets easy. You know, he has the, the the Raiders coming up this week, and the Raiders can't rush the passer. They can't stop anybody. So it's, you know, the division's not very good. So he's going to have a lot of games in there where he's putting up a ton of points. So, yeah, I think the the further along that we get past the draft and we get past, you know, maybe some of the mistakes in the rookie season, the more entrenched that he becomes in Buffalo. And for us, that means that he is going to be a legitimate dynasty, you know, asset there. I've got a question for you really quickly about Josh Allen, just either or right now in, in your dynasty leagues, would you rather have Josh Allen or Dak Prescott going forward? Oh, Oh, cause that's close um, to me. That's that actually is very close to me. And, was not actually as close as as I would have thought. Um, 
I didn't think this would be this close to start the season. Yeah. I think I'd probably have to go Josh Allen. And you know why? It's not not necessarily because of the the physical capabilities of the quarterback. Obviously, Dallas has all the weapons in the world. But you have to start wondering, like, when does Dallas figure they have to move on? De- you know, Dak Prescott's on the franchise tag. He's, you know, it not winning. It, that, that's the problem, right? You put all these assets around him and they're not winning. I know it's a lot on the defense, but mm-hmm. I, I, I think I don't the, envision them moving on, but I, I do get your point though, right? It's, it's fo- just that they've got to change something there in Dallas. So I I, I, I understand what you're saying. Can I, can I give you another one well, really quickly? Because I think yes. this one, um, how about Deshaun Watson? Oh, it's got to be Josh Allen. It's got to be Josh Allen. They just spent so much draft capital to bring Stephon Diggs in. And you know what? Houston literally did the complete opposite. They yeah. uh, they destroyed their roster, obliterated their roster to pay Deshaun Watson. But you took away the thing that made him Deshaun Watson. And I think that, um, you know, we're seeing a different version of him now that he doesn't have that true wide receiver one. I think I love Will Fuller as a player. I think he's uh, slowly climbing up my ranks in the dynasty uh, realm, too. I know he's injury prone, but I think that he's not the same guy anymore, right? No, I, I just trust he's- Buffalo's infrastructure better than than Watson's, right? I, it feels likely that Houston's eventually going to move on from Bill O'Brien. The offensive line's atrocious. The receivers, um, you know, you mentioned Will Fuller. Randall Cobb is older. Brandon Cooks can't stay healthy. So, yeah. I'm- we can't trust Bill O'Brien. No, that, that's, that's what it comes it down to. Do you trust Bill O'Brien? Because... He is the one that made this executive GM to say, at, at least they've got to take away his GM privileges, yeah. right? Because, like, he's coached through some pretty rough, like, quarterbacks. And, um, it, you know, I think part of that has been, you know, due to the fact that you have a weapon like DeAndre Hopkins that can just carry a team. But he's made some, you know, big coaching moves. He's mm-hmm. He's been to the, um, you know, he's led their division how many years? Like, four out of the last five years or something like that. Like, uh, I don't have their record in front of me, but yeah, I mean they've been, like they've been competent. Yeah, they've, been, they've yeah. been competent, but it seems like all of their um, downfalls have sort of been at the pit of him as a general manager. He doesn't yeah. make good decisions for the franchise, and that's what you know. Part of that comes down to because in Dynasty, it's not always just about the player, but what sort of situation is the player going to find themselves in? And I don't like, I don't like what's going on in Houston. Yeah, so Watson was going quite a bit higher than Josh Allen in startups uh, over the summer. Um, I agree with you. I think I'd rather have Josh Allen right now. One last one before we move on. We can do this one quickly. Kyler Murray. Ooh. So Kyler was in most startups the third or fourth quarterback drafted this year behind Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott, you know, were around that same range. So after three games where you had – Oh, I I think I could, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot for this because I, I really was um, I, I really was so high on Kyler Murray coming into the season. Obviously, he's been incredible to watch, um, but I think I have to go with Josh Allen. He's almost uh, he has actually doubled his passing yards. Uh, we see Kyler Murray has yet to have a 300 passing yard game so far on the season. He's gotten it all done with his legs. And, you know, I think we've crazy. 
uh, we've seen the development of Josh Allen as a passer to where he doesn't need to necessarily rely on his legs, but he still has that upside of a rushing quarterback. So if I'm going to go, I, like, I'm going to go with Josh Allen. He has the, the deeper average depth of target. Um, he's got, you know, he's got just as many weapons and, and capable, um, just capable receivers. Stephon Diggs, he's uh, not DeAndre Hopkins, but he's he's in, mm-hmm. you know, the tier below, right? Yeah, that one's close. I probably okay. would stay with Murray just because of, you know, he's only in his second year, and I think the talent is absolutely insane. Um, but I w- wouldn't, you know, wouldn't talk you out of either side there. Um, let's go to the talking about a much more depressing quarterback situation, uh, and that's the Chicago Bears. Um, have we ever seen a quarterback controversy for a team that's 3-0 and in the top of their division to start the season? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so, but listen, it's yesterday, not- Mitchell Trubisky, 13-22, had a touchdown and inter- interception, uh, benched in the second half for Nick Foles, who threw three touchdowns, one interception, uh, led Chicago to another incredible comeback win. Uh, they scored 20 points in the fourth quarter uh, to beat the Falcons. What do we do with Mitchell sure. Trubisky? Is it over in Chicago? Hey, fun fact. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky actually does have more passing yards than Kyler Murray so far in the season. <laughs> so we're he, he is clearly the quarterback one in dynasty formats everywhere. I'm kidding. Uh, I think this has to be the end for Mitch Trubisky. I don't think uh, there's no way that you can have this sort of competition in camp and then, you know, start him to start the season. Um, Didn't get off to like a hot start. But like you said, they're three and oh now probably would be two and one. But still, that's that's not a bad start to your season. Um, You know, I think this is just a a testament to how short the leash was. And if the, the leash was that short. I don't see them making a comeback. I think it's just, uh, it would be too, uh, not that, you know, people necessarily care what's, what's awkward and what's not, but that would be an uncomfortable situation to try to bring him back into the mix. But, uh, it's worth noting that, you know, above, uh, above anything else, he's had a very low uh, adjusted completion percentage, which is super alarming. Um, bottom of the league, uh, in terms of, uh, 65% 65% adjusted completion percentage. So that accounts for, um, you know, maybe batted down balls, drops, you know, takes all of that out of the mix is what, um, you know, on the perfect ball, what are you completing? And he's at the bottom of the league. Uh, yeah. Only Dwayne Haskins has a, a lower adjusted completion percentage per pro football focus. I think that sort of speaks to just who he is right now as a quarterback. He's, uh, you know, maybe came came out of camp with a little bit more confidence, but I don't think this franchise sees him as the future. It's hard to put Trubisky, you know, back in the lineup after you already pulled him once, right? Because they talked him up all offseason. They allowed him to win the quarterback job. And now that he is, you've pulled him, I think you just have to start with Nick Foles the rest of the season. And unfortunately, um, we love Trubisky from a fantasy perspective because of the rushing yards and the potential on some of the big plays, but um, it looks like it's <clears throat> over in Chicago. Um, How about, yeah, like, is this an opportunity for us, you know, maybe in a super flex to quarterback league to, uh, are you making any offers for Mitch Trubisky or is he done done? Uh, I'm probably not giving up an asset for Mitch Trubisky, right? Like I, try, if you're trying to think about the long term here, 
um, you know, and him not being in Chicago and him trying to win a job somewhere else. There's no other quarterback situation in the league that was really has been, you know, worse than Chicago over the last decade. So it's hard to imagine him getting into a better situation and then all of a sudden turning his career around. I mean, maybe if you're giving up, you know, a fourth, fifth round rookie pick, that's, you know, basically nothing, maybe in a, in a, you know, super flex or two quarterback league. But other than that, probably not. Um, let's take a break so I can tell you guys about CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay at home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, recoup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD with Freeze with Mental is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or uh, shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of tropicals and everything else uh, CBDMD can offer, they're offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONNFL for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Okay, Kate, let's do a little bit of stock up, stock down. Let's start with some positives. And I want to start with T. Higgins, who uh, really had his first breakout performance yesterday. He got two touchdowns um, in their tie over the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, He actually could have had a bigger day, but there was a couple plays that got called back uh, due to penalties. He finished with five catches, 40 yards, and two touchdowns. I was really hoping that A.J. Green would bounce back after his poor uh, Thursday night game against the Browns. It kind of looks like he's done. So what are we expecting for T. Higgins going forward? I think we have to expect more targets. I've been, um, you know, sort of waiting for that target share to uh, actually produce something for A.J. Green. He's definitely, excuse me, he's definitely had the target volume that he should be doing more with uh, with what he has. And guess what? Nothing's nothing's come to fruition for A.J. Green, uh, despite our best wishes. I, I think we have to probably put him on the back burner, right? Because now we we actually do see some production, uh, you know, with a, a viable target share. We see the touchdown production. Joe Burrow looks like he's on the same page with T. Higgins. I, I don't know how A.J. Green bounces back from this unless, you know, maybe um, maybe the the presence of another wide receiver alleviates some some coverage on him but that's never been his issue in the past so washed right now doesn't he yes like he he doesn't look like aj green i think we can we just say he's he's done t higgins welcome to the club yep i agree i i think t higgins is the future number one receiver there tyler boyd in the slot um, wouldn't even be that surprising if the, the Bengals tried to move on from A.J. Green at the deadline, get him to a different situation, uh, and get some more reps for like guys like Todd Tate, maybe even some more John Ross. Uh, we shall see. Let's Ooh, talk a healthy about, scrouch. How yeah, about that? Man, didn't well, expect that. Maybe he's another guy that could be moved as well. Um, can we talk about a bad Bengals player from this game? Um, Joe Mixon, we talked about him last week. I might be wrong. I, I would say <laughs> goodbye, Joe Mixon, but... Uh, just another game where he was highly inefficient. 17 carries for 49 yards, two receptions for 16 uh, yards in the passing game. 
What do we do with Joe Mixon, Kate? I don't know what you can do with Joe Mixon. So, like, here's the thing. If you were going to try and move some of your, your Joe Mixon pieces, this this is kind of the bad time to do it, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. you're going to be selling him where his 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 volume, you know, is, is very high and his production is zilch. Um, you know, like guys with more fantasy points right now than uh, Joe Mixon. Let's see. Adrian Peterson, <laughs> Ronald Jones, Mike Davis, ooh, Malcolm ooh. Brown, Naeem Hines, David Montgomery, Jarek McKinnon. The list goes on and on and on. It, I, I don't rough. know. I don't know what we can expect from him moving forward. And you know what? It, he's not the team's go-to receiving option either. And I think that's what we counted on for uh, some sort of upside for him. I think we have to uh, be in the, the mindset where maybe uh, he's not an every week play, even though you drafted him to be that. I think he's a long-term play, right? You're just hoping, you know, maybe he gives you RB2 production for the rest of the season, and maybe by next year they rebuild that offensive line and he can get back up to that low-end RB1. But, I, I, but I'm i sick of waiting. I, I know. That's what I'm just about to say. It's You know, I've been waiting forever for this to oh, him yeah. to become the next Ezekiel Elliott, but unfortunately it looks like we're, we're a ways away from that. I think um, you have to wait until he has, you know, just a breakout game. He's had all of the touches that you would possibly need to succeed. Um, like you said, just incredibly inefficient. So yeah. my goal would be to wait until he has, you know, a game where he has maybe two touchdowns or uh, a bunch of receiving yards, a bunch of receptions and and get him off your roster as fast as you can. A guy that broke out yesterday that I was not anticipating at all was Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings. You know, the first two games of the season, pretty quiet. He had three for 26, or two for 26 against Green Bay, uh, three for 44 against the Colts. And then in week three, a monster seven for 175 and a touchdown. Uh, the, The Vikings offense finally took off. Um, a lot of people took Justin Jefferson in the first round of their rookie drafts. Uh, what did you see from the LSU star on Sunday? Oh, he looked phenomenal. He looked uh, he looked like a player beyond his years. Um, had a fun, really fun touchdown celebration. Love to see that personality. Um, I, I think what this tells me is that BC Johnson is not a thing. The, the entire Minnesota Vikings offense has just not looked right. No. Um, but it does make me wonder if, if they can continue to keep uh, him very heavily involved in the game plan. Can Justin Jefferson maybe spin this this just putrid offense back around and, uh, you know, open things up for Adam Thielen, you know, open up things for the run game? Um, I think we all have to, to wonder how that's going to to shake up. All right, Kate, let's transition over to Carson Wentz, who had another bad outing against the Cincinnati Bengals at home, 29 of 47 for only 225 yards. Uh, He had one touchdown, two interceptions, Um, could have had a couple more interceptions, actually. He did uh, manage to get 65 yards and a touchdown on the ground, but uh, through the first three weeks of the season, he's averaging 44 passing attempts per game. He's only averaging about 240 passing yards. Uh, we even got a, a question to Doug Peterson this morning 
about, you know, should they potentially bench Carson Wentz for Jalen Hurts? Uh, listen, I never thought we'd be we'd be having this discussion this early in the season, but the Eagles' offense looks broken, and so does Carson Wentz. What do you do with him? Carson Wentz looks terrible, um, absolutely terrible. Earlier when I was talking about uh, Mitch Trubisky and how low his adjusted completion percentage is per PFF, uh, his is actually the fourth lowest at 70%. So he's, he's you know, maybe got the passing attempts there, but he's not doing anything with them. And I don't know. They they do. They look broken. They're not able to move the ball. I, I don't know how much of this you can continue to blame on offensive line. He is making bad decisions. I, like, it's not just that he's... He just has no confidence in himself. Yes. Right he, he looks dejected. He looks awful. He looks uh, just uh, confused. I mean, it, you know, one of his interceptions was literally a, a pass that was just straight to a Bengals linebacker. Like, the, I, cu- I couldn't understand where the ball was supposed to be placed because it looked like it was intentionally placed in the hands of the linebacker. Like... He doesn't look good. He doesn't look um, mentally mentally where he should be heading into the season, you know, with uh, I don't know if it's the lack of weapons around him. Like what it, what broke him? I, I don't know either. I just think, I mean, the offensive line isn't quite as good as he was used to in 2018. I do think there's there's this little part of him where, you know, he's still trying to overcome this Nick Foles thing that hangs over Philadelphia where – Anytime Nick Foles played for the Eagles, it seemed like their offense functioned better. They obviously won a Super Bowl with him. And I feel like the further and further that we get away from that Super Bowl and Carson Wentz playing well in 2017, you know, the, it's got to be, you know, crushing for him every time he puts out bad performance out on tape. And with the team drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round and actually putting him on the field this week, you got you to gotta feel like he does sense this pressure and this – you know, his time is closing for him to really be a franchise quarterback with the Eagles. So from a dynasty standpoint, what do we do with him? I mean, because he's almost untradeable right now because he's functioning as such a, you know, low quarterback too right now. Dynast- what do we do with it? You just ride it out and hope it gets better? I think uh, similar to Joe Mixon, I think what you have to do is wait until he has a good game and looks like the Carson Wentz of yesteryear. And then you need to get rid of him as soon as possible. Um, You know, one of the metrics that, you know, PFF is pretty high on in terms of, um, you know, just evaluating true quarterback play is how are they playing when they're in a clean pocket? Um, You know, despite the fact that the offensive line isn't fantastic, we've actually had Carson Wentz have the highest number of clean passing attempts in the league to start the season. And he's got one of the lowest completion percentages from a clean pocket Uh, three touchdowns to five interceptions from a clean pocket. That tells me the decision-making is not there. Um, It's the worst ratio among any quarterbacks in the NFL right now from a clean pocket. And I, I think that sort of tells you that, you know, this is on Carson Wentz. It's not just, um, we're not, we can't blame everything on the offensive line. I agree. It's going to be a, you know, a big test now that he plays the 49ers in week four, if he struggles in that game, uh, the floodgates are going to be released and it's going to be just a massacre of Carson Wentz on Twitter. 
Um, we'll see if he can bounce back. Uh, let's take a break so I can tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors and a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. And right now, you get a free cooler with an order of a new box only while supplies last. Again, that's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Okay, Kate, we have just a couple minutes left, so let's do some stasher caches. Um, Darrell Henderson for the Los Angeles Rams had his first career 100-yard day on the ground. Uh, despite the Rams being down in that entire game, uh, he had 100 yards, total yards of 100 yards last week. Um, looks like back-to-back weeks of solid production. What do we do with Darrell Henderson? Uh, I'm I'm cashing in at this point, honestly. I actually, I yep. really like Darrell Henderson. I liked him more in a, a redraft format where maybe the stakes just aren't quite as high. I think what we have to worry about with Daryl Henderson is, you know, what happens when Cam Akers returns? This uh, this offense has seemed really uh, intent on making this a three-back committee. And though I do believe that Cam Akers has not looked fantastic in the snaps that he's received, the offense seems to want to employ this uh, this rotation of backs. And I, if he's not going to get the full workload, I, I don't I don't think that we can we can necessarily hope for him to just take over the backfield on pure talent alone. Yeah, I think that's tricky because they obviously do love Malcolm Brown. Cam Akers will have a role eventually. I, I agree. Cash him in right now for maybe a wide receiver that you like or a more established running back. Um, all right, let's get to another one. How about James Robinson? Through three games, um, he's at 300 and, you know, 330 yards. Uh, excuse me, 340 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he's obviously their workhorse back in Jacksonville. What are you doing with James Robinson? I'm stashing him. I, I don't I don't know what to make of James Robinson. He's, uh, I believe, the RB5 so far on the season. He's getting the volume. He's very highly praised by the, the offense. Um, they literally, you know, I was skeptical of this comment entering the season, but now I'm starting to believe they said they, you know, they felt comfortable cutting Leonard Fournette because of this guy. That mm. is, I don't, I don't even know what to make of that comment. But I mean, seeing him play, you see good decision making. You see just a, a talented running back, and you know he he looks much better than his forty time would indicate. Uh, he looks to be the team's true workhorse, and even though they're, you know, they had a bad week, it was against Miami. I'm sort of buying into this James Robinson hype. He's he's looking good as a receiver. I'm why not ride the waves, right? Yeah, see, I disagree with you on this one. Uh, I would be looking to to cash in on James Robinson because if you look at the history of the NFL with these undrafted rookie, you know, free agent running backs, they typically just don't get a ton of chances. And even though he is playing well. I think this is a coaching staff that could be totally redone over the offseason. I think it's a team that could have a new quarterback. I, I just don't think because he doesn't have this high pedigree that he's going to be very long um, in this workhorse role. I think he's going to stick around in the NFL for a while. It's just, again, these guys have a hard time you know, keeping jobs despite them playing really well. So if you can get a solid RB2, maybe even a high-end RB3 for James Ro- you know, Robinson, who... 
you know, I think is performing well right now, but we'll, we'll see what he can do um, long term. Last one. Uh, how about Mo Cox, the tight end for the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Colts last week? He had five receptions for 110 yards. Uh, this week, he caught a touchdown, uh, was targeted three times, caught all three passes for 50 yards and a touchdown. Um, what are we doing with Mo Cox? He's a guy that I was actually able to pick up off in waivers in a couple of leagues this week. I'm going to go ahead and cash in on my Mo Cox mm. shares. I really like him. He's a guy that I think is going to be uh, playable in free draft formats, but I don't see him as a, a, a long-term um, centerpiece necessarily in this offense. I, I believe in the coaching staff. I don't know what this offense is going to look like as Rivers continues to age. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to put all of my stock into a guy that necessarily isn't the the centerpiece of that offense. They do have other yeah, receiving yeah. weapons. They've got a great running back. If I'm buying into a tight end, you know, and looking for him to sort of take over that role in the offense, it's because they don't have other weapons to go to, you know, like that Darren Waller, he emerged as a exactly. uh, awesome yes. tight end. He is very talented, but what makes him so good for fantasy football is the lack of weapons around him. And I, we can't count on on these weapons to all be injured all of the time with the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, and they've got guys in the, in the red zone that they're probably going to utilize more. You know, once Michael Pittman gets up to speed, obviously T.Y. Hilton's still there. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's going to get his touches. So I agree with you. I think he is somebody who is great in redraft. Probably not as valuable in Dynasty. He's a great sell. You know, find the, the best contender, unless it's you, and you are the, the Mo yeah. Alley Cox manager. Find the contender in your team, in your, your league, and, uh, you know, see what what future assets they might be willing to give up, what picks uh, you might be able to get a, a third-round pick for him. And I think that's pretty reasonable, considering the fact that he was on waivers and plenty of Dynasty leagues last week. Yeah. So if you can cash in, I think it's it's such a great value. I'll move on. That is it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, remember, you can follow the show at Locked on Dynasty. You can follow Kate at FF Ball Blast, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.